Hi, I'm Robbie Burns. And I'm Craig McClellan, and this is the Class Nerd Podcast. Connecting teachers to the productive world of apps. How you doing today, Robbie? I'm doing great. I just spent the past six days at a super loving hippie bluegrass festival. That's awesome. It's finally your summer break. I've been out for yesterday was a month, and you've been out for like a week. So that's that's exciting for you. It is. Yeah, this is like my first day, and I get to spend it here with you talking about one of our favorite topics. Yeah, we're we're back with uh with email. I promise this is not uh the class email podcast. We will talk about other things, but we had a little bit more to say about email and email apps. So uh we're going to do one more episode before we move on to uh some other topics. Sounds great. Would you like to tell a little bit first about how our listeners can find the show notes to each episode? Yeah, so in our first episode, uh, we kept mentioning the show notes, and um, we try and put together links for you if we um, talk about something that might need a little more clarification, or we talk about an app we think you might be interested in, we put the links in uh, show notes. And so most podcast apps will have just a quick way for you to swipe and find those show notes, and they're actually in the podcast app, and you can look through that's really the best way you can go to the classner.com and scroll to the episode you're looking for and the notes will be there as well but it's a great resource uh to supplement what we're talking about in the show right on and also uh we are a you know relatively new podcast this is episode two we're trying to grow our audience a little bit hopefully let this be a, a great resource for for teachers so if you wanted to rate our podcast in Apple Podcasts, that goes a long way to helping new people discover us. So, and it's really fast, especially if you're already listening in the Apple Podcasts app, you can just tap a button. But uh, that that would help us out, and uh, we'd really appreciate it. So, why are, why are we talking about email again today, Robbie? Well, uh, we're going to talk today about third-party email apps for Mac and for iOS. Um, we talked all about Apple Mail last week, and... It's a fantastic app. It does a lot of the things you would need it to do, but every now and then there's a, a friction point that you can run into with one of the basic Apple productivity apps. Either something that it something that functions or behaves in a way that just does not really work cognitively for the user, uh, or maybe there's something you want it to do that it cannot quite do, and so you go in search of ways to solve that for what is for many people for what is usually just one problem that you want to solve. Email being such a vital part of the modern day life, there are tons of third-party email clients on the App Store. It's one of those productivity categories that I feel like has an overwhelming number of options to try and experiment with. Naturally, we have experimented with quite a few of them. Um, Almost all uh, of them, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> That's a, a much more fair statement. Um, so we, you know, in, in our experiment with all of these apps, we thought that what we would do is take a few of the ones that have really been sticky for us and talk about what features they, uh, they offer the user that have made us gravitate towards them. Now, I know that you have, uh, lately you have been really sticking with Apple mail on, uh, all of your iOS devices. Um, for me, I'll, well, I'll share later in the show what I'm currently using, but oftentimes as with most productivity apps, we're kind of switching it up and experimenting if for any reason just to try what's new and what's out there. But sometimes because uh, a mail app offers a rich enough feature set that it really can settle down as the primary use case mail app of choice. 
So that's that. That's why we're talking about that. Um, but why would a teacher use a third-party app? I, I guess I kind of explained that, but I, I did want to just briefly recognize to those of you teachers who are listening that some of you, we understand, are going to be more willing to try a third-party app, but I do know the norm. I know that if the app store is not something you're comfortable with, um, you know it, that it's going to be a really big first step to try that first new productivity app. Most people I know who use their iPhone only have like one, maybe two third-party apps even installed. Uh, for my mom, for example, that's Facebook and Instagram. And uh, for many people, it, it's, you know, you only install a third-party app because you've had that nagging voice constantly in the back of your head telling you to try this thing. You're just hearing about it everywhere. Well, you aren't going to hear about third-party email apps from everywhere, uh, but you're going to hear about them from us. So we are going to be that nagging voice today telling you, listen, there's more out there. Try this thing. Try this thing. I'm excited. So what's the, the first app we're going to be talking about? All right, so we're going to talk about AirMail first, and AirMail is a great app to talk about because it is available on both Mac and on iOS. Um, AirMail and the next couple of, well, we're only going to talk about a couple of apps today, but the next one as well, they share a lot of features. So I'm going to talk about some of those more common features, and then I'm going to extend into what makes AirMail special and unique. Um, so AirMail is a third-party app that is designed around power. This is the app that you want if you are the kind of person who likes to customize every bell and whistle that is possibly able to be customized on your devices. And if you want to be able to have that same experience when you step in front of a Mac and check your email or when you step in front of an iOS device and you check your email, AirMail is a really, really great thing to consider. Now, even if you don't want those options, AirMail does a couple of things that are very, very common across all the apps we're going to talk about today. Um, it seems that, if anything, Apple is behind in this respect, that a modern email client is expected to be able to do a couple of things. And one of those things is a feature called Snooze. Um, now, we talked last week about kind of hijacking the Apple Mail experience by using SaneBox, which is a server-side service, which is basically like allowing you to send messages into different folders, which can then reroute those messages into your inbox the following day or so. Well, AirMail has a feature like this built right in. You can simply uh, select an option or even swipe or use a keyboard shortcut to take a message in your inbox and have that message show back up in your inbox at a later date. And having this kind of work natively inside of the app is a much more smooth and fluid experience with email. And uh, we like that because that kind of fluidity of um, triaging your messages is what helps you to process email faster and then no longer be managing email. Uh, so Snooze is really great. Um, other features that are common these days, things like Send Later, to be able to schedule a message to not send at that exact time that you're clicking the Send button, but maybe to schedule for a later date. Maybe it's for me. Maybe I'm in Telluride, Colorado in the mountains, and I'd like to respond to an email because I have a free moment, but I do not want that person to think that they can email me back while I'm enjoying the fine music of the Telluride Bluegrass Festival. Um, I might choose to not have that message actually send until today at 7 a.m. in the morning to create that idea that I'm not constantly on the clock. Yeah, and it, I feel like that's a great feature. I think we mentioned this a little bit in our uh, previous episode when we were talking about some plugins for Apple Mail, but being able to do that with parents. So if you get an email late at night from a parent and 
it's going to nag you and bother you until you respond, but you don't actually want them to think like, oh, I can just email my child's teacher at 10 o'clock at night and expect a response. You can go ahead and type up your response and then have it send in the morning and get it, get that off your mind while still kind of respecting your privacy and, and your time. It's a great way to hack that kind of situation. And no one knows you're doing it. Yeah, it's great. So here's where the modern um, and the, the modern email client get, kind of gets into this area next where you have these ideas of these custom actions. Uh, and custom actions mean not only performing an act on an email, having it do something or go somewhere, but also being able to create gestures and keyboard shortcuts that can really easily trigger these actions. So I'm going to start with some basic actions that you can perform on an airmail message. And now airmail, I feel like of all of our apps we're talking about today has the richest and the deepest set of these options. Uh, I'm going to just kind of like rattle a couple of these off really quickly. So you have basic stuff like archive, um, trash, star, pin, snooze, um, move to another folder, uh, apply a label like a Gmail label. You can turn a message into a to do in airmail. You can, ooh, this is a really good one, in a tap, you can turn a message into a PDF, which is really nice, and have it saved to a particular spot in a Dropbox or a Google Drive folder. Uh, you can mute a sender, you can block a sender, you can remove a label, you can have it add someone who sent that email in your contacts, you can unsubscribe from a particular type of newsletter. Gosh, I, I, I'm going to skip a bunch of these and just say you can share a message, um, one of the things that Apple Mail does not have is immediate access to the iOS share sheet. Yeah, I, I don't know. The share sheet arrived in iOS 8, and here we are. I've, I've just put the iOS 12 public beta on some of my devices yesterday. Still no share sheet in Mail. I, I don't understand it. I don't get it either. So you can, in other words, any app that is able to be shared to from the universal iOS share sheet, you can send an airmail message to uh, without any anything any extra steps there. Um, so another thing that airmail can do is it can actually integrate with third-party apps, things like note apps, task apps, uh, Google Drive, Dropbox, and it has a pretty rich list of apps that you can with one tap send a message to. Uh, a good example is Evernote, but it also has support for Things 3, To Do, OneWriter, Drafts, which we're going to talk about next week, Google Drive, Instapaper, um, just a ton of different apps. OmniFocus, which is the task app that I tend to use. And you can actually customize these with swipe gestures. So you can swipe on a message and have it immediately send that message to one of these services. So if you're the kind of person who likes to constantly archive your messages into a note app, all you have to do is swipe left on the message and those swipe gestures are customizable. Now, what will happen when you, for example, swipe on a message and send it to Evernote is it will take the contents of that note and save it in your note, but then it will also leave a URL link to reference back to that note in airmail. So if you are, for example, reviewing that message in that third-party app that you've sent to, and you tap that link, it's actually going to just immediately take you right inside of that message. Now, I find myself very often 
doing that step manually, uh, I will uh, want to basically just create, find that URL to that note and either put that in a note or share that with myself in some other way. And Airmail is one of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Airmail is one of the only apps that has an action that will just basically copy the URL directly into that message right to your clipboard of your iOS device. Yeah, I think that's right. I know there are ways to get message URLs out of Spark, which is the app that I'm going to talk about next, but it's not nearly as easy as as with Airmail. Yeah, I, I think that is that is true. So anyway, you've got all these actions now, like I said, you can customize the swipes so that when you're viewing the messages in list view, you can just swipe left to save something to a note, and then you can swipe right to save something as a task to your task app of choice. Um, there's also long right and left swipes, so I can do a slightly longer swipe left to archive a message or a slightly longer swipe right to save it as a PDF to my Dropbox. Um, of course, keyboard sh shortcuts are also just as easily customizable, you can have any one of the actions that I just mentioned be assigned to a keyboard shortcut, even on iOS. So this is where things get a little bit interesting with these actions, is you can create, I call it a workflow, but uh, Airmail calls it a custom action. And a custom action is a, an action from that list I just read, or a series of actions that can all take place with a swipe, a tap, or a keyboard shortcut. Um, so let's say that I very frequently like to um, create, I have a certain type of message that comes in and I wanna create a task based on that message, but I also wanna create a PDF copy of that message when I do that. So it's, in other words, it's two steps that I'm often performing on a message. Well, you can have both of those individual actions become one part of one custom action that can be assigned to a swipe gesture or a keyboard shortcut. So you can, in other words, just basically swipe left on a message and have all of that stuff I just said happen, which is really, really cool. It's honestly, from the perspective of a power user, someone who's pushing their apps to their fullest potential, that is the like crown jewel feature of Airmail. Yeah. So it's really, really nice. Um, uh, Airmail is otherwise highly customizable. Uh, swipes and keyboard shortcuts are there, but also like just kind of playing with your font size and your theming and making sure that every little tiny bell and whistle and nook and cranny of how the app behaves and functions is exactly the way you want it. Uh, all of that is doable um, in Airmail. It's a little overwhelming at first, but it really can get the job done. It definitely can be. When when I was using Airmail, I it, it took me a while to feel comfortable with it and then I had it working the way I wanted. But once once I did, it was fantastic. So I would say that the pro, the major pro of this app is that it is a modern email client with all of these modern features like snooze, send later, third-party app integrations with, a, with a, again, a highly customizable feature set, probably the richest feature set of any pro email app on the App Store. The major con being that Airmail is, in my opinion, kind of ugly. I, I wouldn't say it's like, necessarily unattractive it just does not have the same native feel that some of the other third-party email apps have yeah i totally agree the buttons are i feel very like just kind of like very very thin transparent lines um i i just i feel like i'm looking at kind of like a flimsy piece of paper when i interact with it rather than something that has real heft 
and substance to it. So Airmail is also, it has a very, very clear and concrete business model. If you would like this app on iOS, you pay $5. And if you would like this app on Mac, you pay $10. And you have more or less the same experience when interacting with this app on both platforms. Uh, You're just simply looking at a different window into that same email experience. I do want to go back really quickly to some uh, to the con that really took me out of airmail, and I will say it's been almost a year now since I've used it as my primary email app, so this could easily have been fixed, um, and I definitely think it's worth still looking at, but it, it did tend to be fairly buggy, and it was difficult to... Every once in a while, I'd type an email, and I'd hit send, and it just wouldn't send it. And so I'd have a parent waiting on an email from me. And so I hope that they have fixed that since then. And it, like I said, they've had a year to be able to do that. But um, it, it can be a struggle. I could not agree more. And I will also say that just in fairness to this app, I have also not used this as my primary email app in about a year and a half. Yeah. So it, I definitely think... You know, there are still people who swear by it and who love it. So that's why we're we're sharing it here. But it is something to be aware of. All right. What are we going to talk about next? So the next app that we're going to talk about is Spark. And really, when when people think about third-party email apps, the two big ones for the Apple ecosystem that people think of are Airmail and Spark. Um, so Spark is put out by Readle, who uh, make lots of great iOS and Mac apps. They make PDF Expert, uh, which is really great for manipulating PDFs. They make calendar apps, um, documents. Um, they're they're a really well respected iOS developer. Um, and version two of Spark just released in the last month or so. Um, and what that did, it kind of brought a lot of the features from the Mac version up to parity on iOS. Um, so some of the things like app integrations, like we talked about with uh, AirMail, things like quickly being able to send to OmniFocus or Things or Evernote or things like that, um, those are now all the same across both. So it, Spark has um, those integrations. It has snoozing. Um, it has... Um, a share sheet. It has a, a, this, a lot of the same features as airmail that we talked about. It also has this really interesting new uh, team collaboration. So you can share emails with people without forwarding them. I don't know that I see the relevance for that in education. Maybe I, you can speak to this Robbie with your um, music team, but I know that my uh, second grade team at my school, we're not needing to look at emails. If if an email is something that we all need to see, it's probably from our principal and it's been sent to everybody. Yeah. If, if you had asked me what were the features I wanted to see in Spark 2.0, uh, team collaboration would have not been one of them. Right. Um, yeah. Not exactly the feature that I, th- I mean, this is basically Spark's business model. As we're going to, you're probably going to mention later, it's free. Uh, and so if you are part of a team and want to try team collaboration, you pay a subscription fee for that feature. Exactly. So, but there are a lot of great features and because Spark is free as opposed to Airmail being a paid app, um, it, it's definitely worth 
checking out and maybe being the app that you dip your toe in the water with um, for trying third-party email apps. Um, a few other features that it has, it has some smart categorization. So it can figure out like, oh, this looks like a newsletter. This looks like an important email. And it can kind of highlight those for you, which I get that through SaneBox using Apple Mail. But this is built in and really visual. Um, and I, I do like that a lot. The UI is interesting. I can't decide if it feels childlike or not, but it's definitely some people love it. Some people hate it. Um in version two, they finally added a URL scheme um, to be able to uh, compose email in other apps like drafts. And uh, like Robbie said, we will be talking about drafts and URL schemes and the whole deal in a coming episode. So we'll we'll explain more what that means. But um, it's uh, it's really nice if you need to automate the creation of some emails. One thing, it does not have um, drag and drop support. So um, you can't, at least you can't drag emails out of Spark into other apps. Um, I believe you can drag files in, but um, if you want to get an email out, you have to use uh, either the share sheet or their custom actions. Which drives me bananas because Spark, if I didn't mention it earlier, is my current full-time email app of choice on Mac and iOS. And I am constantly having to go to Apple Mail when I want to drag a message out and into a note, for example. Yep. It, it is much more stable and bug-free than AirMail. So I, I really do recommend if you're looking to try a third-party app, looking into Spark. Let me just mention one real quick thing about Spark and AirMail. AirMail does have drag-and-drop. And as we learned when we were in our outline for today's show in Apple Notes, I accidentally... <laughs> <laughs> dragged and dropped uh, an airmail message and it actually does a really cool thing when you drag and drop an airmail message into another service it automatically formats it into a pdf and drops it in as a pdf which is super cool and uh one thing real quick thing about the swipe gestures in spark uh i love them but on the mac version you cannot swipe a message to go to a third-party app, but you can keyboard shortcut one to a third-party app, which makes no sense to me at all. In other words, if I want to send a message to OmniFocus on iOS, I can have that be a long swipe left. But if I long swipe left on the Mac, it shows me that the option is there because key or gestures sync across all devices, which is cool. But it doesn't actually do anything, which is very sad. I have to use my keyboard shortcut, which if my finger is on the mouse, that's a little bit of a like a cognitive difference between the two. Yes, yeah, Spark Mail is currently my primary email app across all devices. And uh, I, I do we mentioned the Power app first in this show, but I really do agree with you that Spark is the friendlier and more accessible of the two if you're looking for a little bit more. And, and that primary thing is that I think we didn't go into because we talked about it with SaneBox last week, but I think that primary thing that's going to catch a lot of first-time users is that organization of your different messages, that ability to have all of your newsletters show up in one spot away from your unread messages. Uh, it's really, really a cool thing. Um, again, we both use SaneBox, so that's not as useful to me. But the first time you see that inbox organized by newsletter, by social media, by unread in your inbox, it really does change your view on how you can use an email app. 
Yeah, when Spark 2 officially released, there were some difficulties using it with Office 365 email. And so I couldn't use it first, but they've since resolved that. And uh, so I've got it back on my iPad and am definitely checking it out and seeing if if I can use it again um, because it does have some really nice features. So what's next? Speaking of Office 365, um, I... Also, just want to briefly mention the official Outlook app. It's a great, simple iOS app. It does have some of the more power user features like snoozing. Um, You can use it with accounts that are not Office 365, but obviously those work together best. It does not have drag and drop support at all. So it... um, you can't drag attachments in, you can't drag emails out. And this is especially frustrating if you use iCloud at all for file storage, because you can attach files from OneDrive, from Box, from Dropbox, and Google Drive, but there is not a way if you have a file either locally on your device or in iCloud to um, to drag it in there. Otherwise, if you could do that, I honestly would probably use Outlook for my work email. Um, because it it's functional, it is stable, it is native with everything that I use, it, it pulls in your calendar, all sorts of great stuff. I just can't get files into it the way I need to. Um, but if you, like my school district, we use OneDrive a lot. If that's where you store your files, it's a great choice. Outlook is so cool. I Part of me is still in love with the idea of some basic productivity being bundled up into the same space and uh, having just having at the bottom a bunch of buttons that can instantly like one of them is mail one is calendar one is files and just having all that stuff rounded up so nicely packaged is really cool like to be able to be in an email and someone is asking you about your calendar and just tapping the calendar button where literally your thumb is hovering over checking a date going back to mail it's just a cool thing and then having that files tab where it's like rounding up your, like when you click that files button, it shows you all of your most recently worked with documents across all of your cloud services, including recently sent and received attachments from within your mail apps. It's just a super easy way to get to the files that are most likely relevant to you when composing a message. That's about all the time we have this week. Um, There are so many more apps that we could cover, but those really... If I were to give my recommendation, I would say one of those three would be where to start. Um, If you're looking for something outside of Apple's mail app. And if you're a teacher who really detests the idea of mixing work and play, um, but you are tired of going into the web browser and logging in to your school provided email address every single time you want to check. Do you know teachers who do this? They like constantly go into the like, Little t- they go into Safari, they like go to the login window, they type in their password and little, little itty bitty text just to check their email. And I ask them all the time, why don't you use your work email address with your mail app? And they say, oh, no, 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 I don't want to check my work email on my phone. <laughs> Even though they're doing it. Uh, if you're the, this kind of person and you want that access, but you just want to have a, cognitively speaking, you just want to have a separate place for your work email you can download a third-party client just to plug in your work email address. That's definitely a way to go. I do keep my work email off of my phone, uh, but I have at times had 
Outlook on an iPad just for work and then mail.app for, uh, for my personal. Craig, what are we going to talk about next week? Next week is our notes episode. We're going to talk about uh, our two favorite note-taking apps, and uh, we might get a little bit competitive, I have a feeling. It's on. Uh, so that is our episode on third-party email apps. Until next time, stay classy. And stay nerdy. <laughs>